Good morning. It is Friday, July 17th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chris Hummer. Chris, today we're going to talk about why college football's best players are probably not going to be down to play in the spring. And you did a story on that earlier this week, and you cited a lot of people close to a lot of people. Uh, but before we do that, we had some breaking news come across the wire uh, right when you and I were set to go live, and that's the NCAA issued a set of guidelines Thursday regarding the return to sports procedures for college athletics. And there's a few bullet points in here. I'm going to get into it more on Monday's episode of The Daily with Brandon Marcello. But I think something that was really clear was Mark Emmer, the, the NCAA president, said in a statement that the data is pointing in the wrong direction and that if there is to be college sports in the fall, we need to achieve a much better handle on the COVID-19 pandemic. So like th- this won't be the NCAA's call. This isn't the basketball tournament, right? The NCAA doesn't control the power five, the autonomy five, but I thought this was an interesting thing that they did. And I think it's also good outside of the quote that they have a set of protocol protocols to try to get some uniformity as far as tests within 72 hours of games and in quarantines, if you come in contact with, with players who tested positive and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I think this is a pretty critical step by the NCAA. Uh, the membership has been asking for some sort of uniform guidelines for testing and protocol. And while I think they're going to differ from every level, at least the 72-hour rule gives people a benchmark. But yeah, as you said, I think the NCAA is really acknowledging that some of these factors are beyond their control. Um, there's a chart there that kind of tracks cases and when the NCAA started to kind of uh, discuss return to sport. And it is very much going the wrong direction. And that one of the arrows in the chart says where we thought we'd be. And it's almost exactly the opposite side of the chart of where we are. So it's just kind of the NCAA commenting that cases in the U.S. have spiked to a level to the point where they're not sure if football or other sports kind of in the fall is going to be possible based on the environment. So that brings us to the point of today's episode, talking about a spring season, which is absolutely the last resort for decision makers in college football. As it, as it becomes more likely that we have a delayed start to the fall football season, I mean, we're only going to play conference games probably. So as that becomes more likely, you say, hey, if you have to delay, do you delay to the spring? What happens with the spring? There's a lot of reasons why the spring season is not a popular one. I don't know if it's going to change anyone's mind, but it's pretty clear now too, Chris, that like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, they're not going to be playing in a spring football season, will they? No, um, I checked in with more than half a dozen people close to some of those top guys. And there's a, there's only a handful of guys that are really controlling their own destiny in terms of the 2021 NFL draft at this point. It's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Panay Sewell, uh, Oregon's left tackle, Jamar Chase, and maybe seven or eight other people. But those four are kind of the headliners. And I checked in with people around uh, that group and some others just to see how they'd feel about potentially playing a spring season. And we granted an, like an anonymity to a, a, that's a tough word for me, to a lot of those people just to kind of speak freely on the subject. And for example, here is a quote from a parent of one of those um, kind of top players. He's a top draft pick and doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. We'd have to make a business decision. Another source close to a top QB in this class said, I don't think it's a sound business decision. Why would you play? If you get hurt, what happens? You're screwed. So um, that's just kind of the general thought 
from a lot of these top athletes that have already kind of established themselves as superstars and likely first round picks. If we're going to play in the spring and if the NFL draft doesn't move and by all indications, it's not going to, we're going to have a college football season without the elite of the elite. Yeah. Then that's the, the NFL is a sticking point here. And I think some college fans have almost have it warped if they are expecting a select number of these guys to come back or play in the spring. And they say, well, you know, you, there's unfinished business. And while that's an, uh, a worthwhile argument for a guy like Travis Etienne returning to school in a normal season or, you know, every once in a while you get a quarterback come back, to, to, you know, to, to see if they can take his team to the playoff or, or win a national title. The, the idea that we would expect a college athlete who is ready to be a multimillionaire in the NFL, the idea that he's going to play a season from, I don't know, January, February to April or May, while also being what the NFL combines in February, okay? So then you've got the draft in April. So that just can't happen. Even if the NFL was like, we're going to bump everything back to June or July, again, would not expect that to happen. The NFL is on its own timeline, right? Billion dollars, like a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar business. They're not changing anything, even if college football is its farm system. Okay, so but even if the NFL did change and said, look, we're going to have the draft in July and the season starts in August, you think Trevor Lawrence is going to take three months of physical, physical contact in the spring and prepare himself to, by August or September, be QB1 for a franchise who now expects him to be the face of the franchise and their messiah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That It, it, it makes... It, it's silly to me to, to think that we would see any of those guys in, in the spring. And, and Chris, like, your article, we can talk about all these names, and I think we should in a second. It lists, like, 12 guys who, you know, probably won't come back. But what's to stop 32 guys? What's to stop guys who are fringe first round picks? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to say, like if you're Jamar Chase and say, I've proven myself, I don't need to prove anything, right? Like that's one thing. There's a select few of guys who don't need to do that. But then there's also guys who probably could be first round picks or or second round picks and who are just going to say like, what's the point of me trying to get injured? It's time for me to train. And I think that would be the mass, the the big problem for a spring season. It's not just five guys. It's not just the a year without the stars. It could be a year without an entire elite, or, or not even elite, but a, a year without the upper crust of a junior class. Yeah, and I mean it definitely could be. If we think about bowl season every year, there we I think last year there was about fifteen to twenty players who opted to skip the bowl game. Some of those were elite players, like some of those were top five picks. In other cases, you saw like second or third round picks skip the um, bowl process because they didn't have anything to gain. But I think I think the scenarios are a little different in that you're talking about an entire season of tape here. And unless you are a player who just has been so spectacular on tape to the point where you don't have much to prove, NFL scouts want to see more from you. And a lot of people on talent alone could probably overcome that and still go pretty early, but there's no guarantee that you keep your spot. Um, but, I'm not but, singling any, but here's but, the, but here's the thing. There's not going to be anyone with tape. So like two years of tape is going to have to be good enough. Come draft. Well, Trey, Trey, let's, I'm just going to, let me throw an example out there. Like 
Um, Sean Wade, Ohio State's cornerback, is probably considered a top cornerback heading into the 2020 or 2020 season, a likely first round pick in the 2021 draft. But Sean Wade has spent most of his career at Ohio State playing nickel. He's been playing inside. He came back in large part to prove scouts that he can play outside like many have billed him to do throughout his career. And those spots weren't available because Damon Arnett and Jeffrey Okuda had those last year and he locked down the nickel. But if he opts to skip, let's say he opts to skip his spring season if it gets to that point. And Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech star cornerback, does play in the spring, has a stellar year, and several other draft picks kind of in that range also show out on tape. Then if you're Sean Wade, you risk potentially losing millions of dollars because you didn't go out and prove yourself this season while other teams did. And given how many question marks are out there, from a scouting perspective and testing numbers and everything else to find tape, I think is really going to make a difference. I'm not saying people won't skip because it's going to be a personal decision and some people are going to think it's worth the risk, but I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus. Like people are talking about at least if, unless I want to, I want to put a caveat on that. I don't think it'll be a mass exodus unless you see a hundred players in college football leave, then you can just throw everything out the window. But if we're talking about just a handful, like we see every year with the draft, like in terms of bowl season, I, I would strongly argue that some of these players still have something to prove and that's going to like draw them back. And one of, one of my sources in the story around one of the players that I think we might talk about in a little bit below the kind of potential locks, he even pushed that if the C, if the NFL advisory board, which is still going to send out feedback in January, most likely if we don't have a season, doesn't like confirm that he's a first round lock then he might end up playing in the spring. And this is one of the guys that nationally we think of as an elite superstar. So it's going to be a personal choice, but I don't think it's, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to be in a situation where we see hundreds of top players skip their spring season. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have hundreds anyway, but I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking you can have a first round's worth of of guys skipping. So that's, that's in the thirties. Let's talk about these guys. Let's, let's run down your list. We've got some subheads here in your article. Junior prospects with a case to skip potential spring season. Trevor Lawrence, gone, number one overall, already won a natty, 25 and one. Okay. Justin Fields. You could argue Justin Fields needs another year of tape, but he it's kind of a failed argument, right? He's 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 still super talented. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was a first round pick after one year. Justin Fields will be a first round pick after one year. I had somebody tell me well, with I that's fine, with Fields, especially that like there are 32 teams that would take him, even if there are a couple questions about him heading into his junior season. He is, he is totally fine. He's a first round lock. All right. Oregon Sewell, first round pick top offensive tackle, Jamar chase gone, Blitnikoff winner, LSU superstar. Yeah, he's good. All right. Penn state linebacker, Micah Parsons has played all over the place in the front seven, getting a lot of hype this year, probably gone. Right. I mean, you're where yeah, you gone for even- all these guys. Even when you get to Parsons, though, like, and that's, I, it might not matter, but this is kind of where questions start to pop up. Like, Parsons has only played linebacker for two years, and off ball linebackers, while they have been drafted higher recently, don't tend to go super high in the draft historically. So that's a question. Gregory Rousseau, Rousseau uh, Miami's defensive end, um, 19 and a half tackles for loss last season, 15 and a half sacks. He only has one year of proven production. Like, it's a weak year on the edge. So you assume he's a guy who would be able to kind of safely leave and skip the spring football season and protect his spot. But like, again, one year of tape. 
Patrick um, Sertan, Jalen Waddle, both Alabama kids. Yeah. And I, I think both of those guys have a strong argument to leave, but you could also point out that Jalen Waddle had a down year last year because of a yardage perspective because he played three next to three potential okay. first round picks. No one actually and, is worried about that. Hey, Trey, he I, was I, don't incredible. Think that's, I don't think that's quite true. But anyway, um, I think there would be some questions about that. And I think Jalen does feel like he has something to prove. I'm not saying he should come back. I think he would be perfectly fine. But there's certainly an argument to be made in that aspect. And I think people around him think that he might be thinking about those type of things. You know what's tough about this this argument is you almost have to rewire the way you think. So like let's talk about Patrick Sertan. That was the number one cornerback recruit in 2017. Like you would assume he's a three and gone player. So he's coming up on his junior year. He he's gonna be a first round pick, but you know he he probably you keep mentioning like a year he's got a little bit more to prove on tape. So you would assume like he's gonna play a third year and then and then go pro, whatever that looks like this year though, because it looks like we could have a situation if we had a spring season in which you get drafted in April and maybe your team's still alive. And then there's also the guys who are like, if they really decide they need to have a legitimate year of tape and not a spring football tape, then they would actually return for their senior season too. Like that's, that's kind of what I'm having to keep reminding myself, right? Is like, we have guys who return for their senior season, Marvin Wilson, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. And those guys are kind of different than the players who would like play in the spring and then still go pro to the team that already drafted them. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I, I kind of confused myself there, but there's like, there's like a lot of, there's a different category this year. Yeah. No, I, I okay. I, I'm having a tough time. Right, well, probably sorry. everyone else is too. So like, let's talk about again, Patrick Sertan, Chris does he needs another year. Yeah. I think, I think you could argue Patrick Sertan based on kind of the people around him in the draft and his profile and his athletic ability in the season he had last year could leave and skip the spring if he needed to, but also like it would help him if he with a really young Alabama secondary around him showed for a second season in a row to be one of the sec's best cornerbacks. All right. So what I'm saying is there are guys who always come back for their senior seasons. Oh yeah. Like the guys you mentioned. Earlier, yeah. Yeah. That is what, that is certainly a possibility. What happens to the people who fit those profile, that profile this spring, you would think that they're like, look, I don't need to actually come back for my senior season now. Cause I just played football in the freaking spring. That's that's what that's what I think. That's why I kind of think we're like screwed here. If there is a senior season, or if there is a spring season, we've got like we've got some some janky drafts that are going to happen. I think I think we're going to like have a massive talent drain from college football. Yeah, I there, I just feel like every other every couple of years, there's one just kind of off season where there's a dearth of stars. I think we had it like two years ago a lot of the top quarterbacks left. I think it was after like Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, everybody left. There weren't any superstar running backs and we kind of just had a star reset. And I really think that could be the case after this year. As you said, I think people are going to be less willing to risk coming back and not getting paid to play college football. Although I think, and that's a totally separate discussion. I think there will be some people with NIL rules pushing forward that think, Hey, my earning potential might actually be higher for a little while in college than risking it to go to the pros so I can both a make some money next season and b 
kind of working on my tape. I think um, Sam Ellinger, he kind of thought about leaving for the draft last year. I think he's a perfect example of that. Have you, if you could kind of move him into 2021, like if he had his junior season, like maybe he could have gone to the NFL, but he's better served returning to school for his senior season and potentially making a couple thousand dollars kind of with his NIL rights. So that's just another factor within all this, but I think you're right. There are going to be risk. There are going to be a lot of people risk adverse this year and jumping into the league for sure. Yeah. And I mean, just this is a, in this climate, it's pretty hard to turn down taking some money. Um, okay. And I, what I was saying earlier kind of draws back to again, like there's Marvin Wilson, there's Travis Etienne, there's Chuba Hubbard, there's Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood. Those guys returned for their senior seasons, but they did not need to. Do we think any of them returned to their senior seasons for their senior seasons? Um, like with, you know, I want to play for my school rather than I want to improve my tape to the point of they would actually play in a spring season. And then further <laughs> this, and this is really weird, but if there was a, if there was no season, and the NCAA said, look, like you can keep your scholarship. Like we're going to Marvin Wilson, if you want to come back in 2021, do we think any of those guys would do that either? Um, no to the second question. Okay. I, I, I really think that I would be very shocked if they opted to do that. That's decree. You're not only like knocking down your earning potential for a year, you're getting older for the NFL. And it's one thing to be 22, but if you're talking about you're like 23, 24, in some of these cases, you're really knocking down your long-term earning potential in the league. I do not think that would happen. As for the spring, I don't think the running backs would come back. I don't think Marvin Wilson would come back, but I also didn't really think Alex Leatherwood would come back. And I spoke to his father for this story. And he was one of the few people I spoke to. And he came on the record saying he thought he thought Alex would play his senior season if it happened in the spring. He said Alex already took the risk to come back to school, play with his team, and try to improve his stock. He thought he would play in the spring if it came down to it. So there, I there as always will be exceptions to kind of the things we're talking about. I think the running backs are interesting here because when they all came back to school, Chuba, Etn, Najee Harris, we kind of said why. And yeah, and I still <laughs> kind of think why to be honest. Yeah, but think about this: if there's a spring season they are almost like in a situation where they, I'm not going to say they win here, but you remove and assume 250 touches two times. Oh, you know what, yeah, I, mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to have essentially a year and a half off potentially between like their seasons, which is going to be great for their legs. And like Najee, Najee especially has taken a ton of carries in his career. I know he didn't start full time at Alabama until last year, but in high school he was toting the ball like 350 times a season for, all four years. So like to get a year to rest your legs in that scenario is a positive thing for those guys for sure. So those are the stars. That's just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go down too far, uh, too far down the rabbit hole, but you kind of pulled on the Sam Ellinger thread. There's also the guys who are seniors who are not first round picks. Kellen Mon, Kyle Trask, Sam Ellinger, you know, and you almost wonder too, do those guys talking to Derek King situation here? Yeah. Take the money, get to the NFL, start that next chapter of their life rather than sitting around watching us, you know, bash our heads together, wondering, you know, when the power five is going to figure things out or does Sam oh, Ellinger they- and Kellen Mond return to their respective schools in 2021. If there's no season, that's a, that's the other thing here. It's, and 
again, we talk about rosters just being totally kind of messed up. If, if there's a decent amount of seniors who retain their scholarships and come back, I mean, multiple years of depth chart planning totally goes out the window. Yeah, I think one thing that um, we're all kind of watching over the next couple of weeks is if the NCA institutes any sort of blanket waiver for players who opt not to play in 2020, I think there will be more than a handful of guys who just kind of decide it's not safe. It's not safe for my family. It's not good for my future. Not guys who go to the league. I'm talking about guys who just like simply don't see a reason to play this season. And it'll be interesting to see if their eligibility remains intact. Either way, I kind of wrote a story about this um, earlier this week, but I think you're going to see some creative redshirt rule usage. Houston did it last year. Derek King, the most notable of the group, um, played four games and sat out. And given that this season could really honestly be six, eight, ten games, like it's going to be considerably shortened. It wouldn't surprise me if a team gets off to a kind of a bad start and maybe somebody's a little banged up and the coach is just like, hey, you want to come back next year if you're a senior and kind of run this back with a more normal situation. And it, it would not shock me at all to see something like that happen. I even had a parent of a pretty notable um, Big 12 player not necessarily bring that situation up, but like ask like, Hey, like maybe 2021 in the scenario of things get crazy. So like, it's, it's something people are thinking about. Well, there's so much unknown. So it's, it's, I probably confuse, I twisted my head in knots on this one. <laughs> yeah. We, we went a lot of different directions, but I hope, I hope people understand like just in quick summary that the top NFL draft picks are not going to play in the spring for the most part. They're going to be a couple exceptions, but college football is going to lack its stars. I think you're going to really more than ever get to know freshmen in 2020, uh, I guess in 2021, if it's in the spring, just because they're going to need those numbers. So just get used to the fact if we're playing spring football, college football fans, that a lot of those guys are going to be preparing for the NFL draft and not suiting up for LSU or Clemson or Ohio state. I just still don't think there's going to be a spring season. So I, I mean, if we might be going off subject, but I got told today by somebody that they think it's less and less likely that we play at all, but they would love to have a spring season if that was the last resort. Okay. Just because that money is so important. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. That does you know, cheer me up heading into the weekend, Chris. <laughs> all yeah, right. I, I hit you with like ten lines of like ten word like ten lines of bad news before I said one little nice thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try to forget about that. Um. All right. <laughs> well, that, thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the College Football Daily. For Chris Hummer, for our producer Tony Levitt, uh, who does a great job. I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Monday for the next edition of this podcast, and I will be talking to Brandon Marcello then for the NCAA's return to action and what they need from every single university out there. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>